Hello everyone and welcome to CRAMSurge, clinical research appraisal and methodology for surgical trainees, where we pick a paper fresh from the press on a hot general surgical topic. We review it for you, we present it for you, we critique its methodology for you and provide top-of-the-field expert opinion and teaching on research appraisal and methodology. My name is Gio Perrin and together with Professor Sababala Subramanian and Maria Digby, we bring you CRAMSurge from the wonderful region of the Yorkshire and the Humber. We are doing a series on introduction to evidence-based medicine, right? Um, and therefore, this is a continuation of that series. And this talk is going to be focusing uh, on acquiring evidence. So, so acquiring evidence falls under the second stage, a step two in the practice of evidence-based medicine. You've heard from me before that there are five steps, or you're probably aware of this, and they include asking the right clinical question, acquiring the evidence, and then appraising and interpreting the evidence, applying it to your practice, and then assessing or evaluating uh, the whole process, right? So those are the five steps of EBM, and we're going to talk a little bit about acquiring evidence. Now, why would you need to acquire evidence? So you might need to acquire evidence when you wanted to understand a topic better, you wanted to uh, um, understand the background of a clinical condition or, or an operation or a complication, right? So you can improve your understanding. So as a trainee, you might see a patient, let's say with abdominal pain due to a rare condition called uh, porphyria and you know nothing about porphyria, so you wanted to read about it. Uh, for the rest of this talk, I'm going to be looking at a problem from a thyroid cancer perspective, and I'm going to be uh, talking about um, doing central neck dissections in thyroid cancer, um, and, and, and therefore uh, that'll be my example. So if you've not come across central neck dissection before and you've assisted um, your consultant, you want to know what a central neck dissection is, what's it, its role in thyroid cancer, so therefore you would uh, like an overview of this particular topic, right? So this kind of question falls under the category of what we call background questions, as opposed to another kind of question that falls under the category of foreground questions. So there you have a specific clinical question. Uh, you have uh, observed, for example, the surgeon using drains uh, in the neck after doing a central neck dissection, and then there's been some controversy and another surgeon in the firm says there's not much point putting drains in and therefore you want to um, uh, look into whether a drain is of value in a central like that section. So these kind of questions will aid your clinical decision making. You might even want to perform a systematic review on this particular controversy of whether to put drain in following a central like that section. Okay, so a typical foreground question in this kind of scenario would be, should a drain be used after central neck dissection in thyroid cancer surgery? Right, so uh, with the background question, like the one that I've mentioned, what is the central neck compartment and what is the role of central neck dissection in thyroid cancer? Essentially, the answers revolve around the boundaries of the central compartment, the anatomy or the organs that lie within the central compartment, the indications of central neck dissection, its utility in clinical practice, the various approaches, techniques, risks, and so on and so forth. So for this, the thing to go uh, to would be a textbook, 
uh, at least in the olden days. So you could look up an anatomy textbook to start off with, and then a surgical textbook or both. Um, and these could be very generic books, or they could be specialty-specific books. There are books on thyroid cancer surgery that you could look into. Another uh, source, and the source that is more often used these days, are topic reviews. These are narrative or educational topic reviews, as opposed to a systematic review that we've just heard about. And these topic reviews often give an overview and very detailed explanations. And some of the more recent ones will include updates on new advances and also touch upon the controversies uh, around doing centralized dissections. Okay, now whether you go into to a textbook or look for a review really depends on uh, your needs, uh, at what level of training you are, uh, you know, your experience, and also access, because some of these detailed topic reviews are behind a um, paywall, and then you may not get access to that. So um, what about uh, a foreground question? Now, I've said previously in one of uh, my other talks that a foreground question need, uh, needs to be uh, very uh, clearly structured. So this uh, may be an example of a structured foreground question that I've uh, mentioned before. Does the use of a drain after central dissection in thyroid surgery reduce the risk of bleeding and wound collection? So that's a very clear question. And to answer this, you might go and look for a systematic review and meta-analysis like the one we just heard. And that would be ideal if there was a systematic review or meta-analysis. Often there isn't. And then you are left with looking at primary research articles, good quality primary research articles that specifically focus on this particular question. So um, how do you identify these um, papers, either systematic reviews or primary articles by searching um, one of various online databases. Now, when you're doing literature searching um, and you want to read about literature searching, now, if you have to do a search to conduct a very comprehensive systematic review or to write a clinical practice guideline for a society, for example, they can be quite complex. And some of these comprehensive searches, such as those done for systematic reviews for complex interventions might require specialist skills and experience. And you've got information specialists that actually will do the searching for a systematic reviewer. However, what we need to do as practicing clinicians is do some very simple searches, some very practical, sorry, searches to address practical questions. And we can effectively search literature using some um, really straightforward techniques which with practice we can improve upon and improve the efficiency of our searches and their usefulness as well. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Now, there are various search techniques. And whenever there are various methods to address a problem, uh, you can conclude that there's no one optimum way. Yeah. And what method you choose really depends on precisely what your needs are and the time you've got and whether you've got any additional money to pay for some papers and, and then the overall feasibility. And I would say that these methods are all complementary. So there's no one perfect method. Like I said, these are not mutually exclusive. And I'm going to mention a few um, techniques um, and, and uh, uh, just very briefly um, discuss that in the context of central dissection in thyroid cancer surgery. 
So one of the most basic techniques is what we call basic searching, where you do a really quick search to find a couple of good articles that you can then read about overnight and then go and talk to your boss the next day. That'll help you improve understanding of the topic. And to do that, you just need a couple of uh, key phrases, something like dissection and thyroid cancer, and you might put that in PubMed or Google and see if you can get a couple of good articles fairly quickly. Another thing, another technique that is often used is called berry picking, where following a basic search, you scan the searches to pick up some articles of interest. And this may be based on some certain specific features. It may be that you find an article written by an author you know, like maybe Geo Perrin, and you know that Geo Perrin is a, uh, writes very well, so you can just pick up the articles that he's written. Or you might focus your attention on a particular technique of uh, something like dissection, and then explore that technique a bit further and look at similar articles on that specific technique. So clearly, berry picking is very subjective. It is completely based on your needs and your interest. Uh, you, you can use it to explore topics that you're not familiar at all with. Another technique um, in this regard is something called pearl growing. You may have heard of this. So essentially, uh, you start off with a very focused, precise search to find a paper, an index paper, which is the pearl. And you read the paper and you identify keywords and then you modify your own search and continue the process, get a few more papers and then see if you can uh, um, identify more uh, useful, relevant keywords and search further afield. Now, in, with our example, in the context of central dissection in thyroid cancer, you may land uh, on a paper describing a very specific central neck dissection technique. And looking at the paper, you find certain additional terms like maybe radical central neck dissection or limited central neck dissection or thymus preserving central neck dissection. And you use these additional terms to search further. Also, in some databases like PubMed, there is a feature called related articles or similar articles. So you can click on those and you might get some more papers that are very closely related to the index article. Another technique uh, and a phrase that you'll probably come across if you're doing systematic reviews is something called citation searching or snowballing. Basically, what it means is that let's say you've got a specific article in hand and you want to find uh, all articles that are very similar to this article. So you can do either what is called backward searching, where you look at this specific article's list of references and search for articles of interest. Or you look forward, forward searching, where you look at the sites or papers that have cited the specific article. And this helps you to identify similar manuscripts. And a lot of people say that this is uh, nowadays considered mandatory if you're doing a systematic review. And then this will ensure that no articles of interest are missed. I've got two more, I think. So uh, hopefully this is not too um, monotonous. The next technique is what we call concept building or building blocks. So here what you do is you first frame certain concepts and then you put the concepts together to formulate an effective search strategy. And this is what is typically used in systematic review searches alongside other techniques, but this is the main technique. So the concepts um, around the problem that we are, we are talking about now 
or for example thyroid cancer central neck dissection drain and and maybe complications or bleeding and so on but finally and i won't dwell on this but there is a technique called successive fractions i've not used this before but essentially what they say is this is a variant of concept building so you have these concepts or some people call them facets where the concepts are added or removed in steps so you start off with a very specific initial concept and then uh, you, you can add other concepts or drop some concepts as well also um what they say with this technique is that you can partition your searches to make things more manageable because sometimes you land up with a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand hits and uh, um, you're a bit stuck you're not really sure what to do so what you can do is you can partition the searches for example if your main focus is central like dissection you can do a search that is looking at central like dissection and technique another search that's looking at central like dissection and complications and a third one looking at central like dissection and indications and so on and this typically would be part of a scoping review and then you can decide which ones you really have the ability to focus on which ones you would like to uh, drop off okay so let's come back to our structured foreground clinical question which is whether to do a drain or not to drain a central neck compartment after a neck dissection and does that have an impact on the outcomes okay so the concepts so the concepts here um, uh, i hope you'd agree are one is central neck dissection in thyroid cancer so you can do central neck dissection in um, laryngeal resections or pharyngeal resections but we're talking here of just thyroid cancer so you could consider these as two concepts another concept is drain that's like the intervention and then a third concept could be uh, one or more outcomes like bleeding wound collections reoperation and so on now let's put these concepts in a table so the first one you've got is central neck dissection so you've got to think about keywords or different ways of describing central neck dissection so you could just call it neck dissection or you could say dissection of the central compartment another name for central neck is level six and seven so that could be another name and so on so again for thyroid cancer um, papers could refer to thyroid cancer or they could refer just to papillary thyroid cancer which is where the neck dissection is primarily performed or they might just say thyroid malignancy so those are the different ways of describing this particular concept and then you've got drain you've got lots of different words for drain draining drainage suction tube and so on and obviously you've got outcomes but just to keep this short uh, i won't go any further with the concepts now you will find that there's another empty column here that refers to medical subject headings so before i go on to list medical subject headings we need to talk about what they are very briefly so medical subject headings are just another name for control vocabulary so control vocabulary is used by um, uh, the databases and um, um, which is essentially a set of specific terms and they simply called MESH in PubMed. That's all it is. Medical subject headings is just another name for control vocabulary. So essentially, it refers to a single specific concept that encompasses multiple different terms, right? For example, if you're talking about neck dissection, then you might mean radical neck dissection, lymph node dissection, block dissection. So essentially, what the database will do is say, fine, we'll have just one phrase 
and that'll be part of our control vocabulary and any other of these phrases will all slot into this one phrase okay so if you have an article in these databases every article will be tagged by a number of mesh headings and if you search using mesh headings then it helps to include articles that use any of these alternative names uh, because you're searching for that concept that is uh, that is denoted by this particular mesh heading and therefore all the other articles that describe uh, the same concept using different terms will come up in your search okay let's just do a, a quick um, example um, using the concept of central like dissection so let's go into the nlm nih website very briefly and then there is um, the database mesh and if you want to look at central link dissection you write central link dissection and then see whether this is actually a mesh central link dissection is not a mesh because it says no item found so then uh, what you know is that central link dissection is not coded for as a medical subject heading so if you want to try neck dissection yeah you get neck dissection as a mesh concept so they give you the meaning of that um, particular uh, mesh the meaning is described and they also tell you when the mesh was introduced and this is important this mesh was introduced in 2003 and i'll tell you in, in a minute why that is important if you then go down you will find that neck dissection is in the hierarchy of um, in this particular hierarchy so it comes under lymph node excision um, in one of the trees and then it comes under otorhinolaryngologic surgical procedures in another uh, mesh tree okay so you could put that uh, mesh into the pubmed search builder and then you can search pubmed if you want right so you got more than 8000 articles on neck dissection as a mesh heading so let's go back to our uh, discussion uh, to our discussion so we found that central neck dissection is not a mesh term so we use neck dissection instead but obviously you do not want articles on selective neck dissections and lateral neck dissections and so on so you want articles on central so you add central or level six or level seven and so on to the mesh term using what we call boolean operators so you probably all heard of boolean operators there are three basic ones and or and not the word Boolean really is after a guy called George Boole, who's, who's a mathematician. So there's nothing more uh, to it than, than that. And so you can use these operators to combine mesh words with keywords or multiple keywords. Just remember that if you use Boolean operators, you've got to keep in mind that the operator and takes precedence. That's the primary operator. And always, uh, when you're searching in various search engines, just remember to write Boolean operators in all caps. Okay. Now, going back to mesh headings for a second. Now, although mesh headings are really uh, useful, you've got to be aware of some limitations. So the first one is that you may not have mesh for all of the concepts that you are interested in. For example, for central neck dissection, there is no mesh term. The other problem is recent articles may not have been meshed or mesh indexed. So if you've just got, if you've got an article in the last few months, they wouldn't have had the time to index it and give allocate mesh categories. 
The last problem is that um, mesh terms are added on a regular basis to uh, Medline PubMed. So um, if your mesh term has only been added in the last few five years, for example, then the articles that uh, relate to this concept from five years ago will not be uh, retrieved because the mesh terms do not apply to articles published before they were introduced. So no one's going back retrospectively and tagging all the um, articles in history. Okay, so we've talked about mesh heading and we come back to this table where we've got the concepts listed in this column on the left. We've got the keywords in the middle and then I've put down the mesh headings for the various concepts. So for central neck dissection, I've got just neck dissection as a mesh heading, so that is not sufficient, so I'll have to combine that with some keywords. And then for thyroid cancer, I've got a mesh heading, and for drain, I've got a mesh heading called drainage. Okay. Now, the next step uh, is to combine the keywords in the mesh to formulate the search strategy to then go on to search. Okay. Before we do that, we need to talk about a few more terminologies. So first one is Boolean operators and or and not. We've already talked about this, so I won't dwell on it. The second um, terminology is what, what is what we call truncation. Now truncation is something that you adopt for keywords where you simply add a symbol, asterisk in PubMed, to search for various variations in the keyword. For example, with drain, if you write drain asterisk, uh, the PubMed will search for drains, draining, drainage, and so on. PubMed needs at least four characters to truncate, and then uh, it'll search for the first 600 variations, which is much more than you will ever need. But the, the other um, uh, terminologies to, to, to know about is something called quotes and parentheses. Now, if you put something uh, within quotes, you could put a series of words within quotes, and then uh, the database will search for that exact phrase within the quotes, so that's quite useful. For example, central neck dissection. So it really search for um, papers where the full phrase is, uh, is included in that order. Parenthesis, or the brackets, is used for uh, nesting. And I'll explain what nesting is. So nesting helps bring together keywords and concepts to then form your final search strategy. And this nesting is done using parentheses. So, for example, if you wanted to uh, search for central neck dissection, you know that you've got neck dissection as a mesh word, and then you're adding central or level six or level seven. And just in case you're not familiar, level six and level seven are parts of the central compartment of the neck. So you pull these together with the Boolean operator or, and then you combine this with the neck dissection as a mesh heading and use the Boolean operator and, and you've got um, uh, the use of parentheses to nest the various phrases, the various uh, keywords together. Then you've got field tags. This is something I don't tend to use at all, uh, but if you wanted to limit your search to specific fields of a citation, and let's say you get 100,000 articles and you don't have the time to go through all of those, then you can um, specify that you only want to include those keywords if they, are, um, if they are within the title or within the title or abstract, or, or you could say if they're anywhere in the text. So these are tags without which all the fields of a citation would be searched 
if you tag it to a specific field, then only that specific field will be searched. Okay, so yeah. So you come back to this table. Now the concepts are still there. And now you've got the strategy for each of these concepts. So for Centrelink dissection, you've got a strategy that combines certain keywords with the Boolean operator or alongside the neck dissection as a mesh heading, and that's combined with and. Then for thyroid cancer, you've got thyroid neoplasms. And for drain, you've got either drain with asterisks or drainage as a mesh heading. Now, obviously, you can change this. You can, you can, you can try different, um, different kinds of strategies and see what kind of results you get. So I put uh, I combined these uh, these strategies for the three different concepts and put them in PubMed and I got about 33 articles. Okay, and then I'll look at the 33 articles and and see um, and and I might just read a few and that seem uh, good quality and hopefully that'll answer my question. You've got to remember that these uh, search processes are or should be iterative. So you've got to be able to go back and modify the search, make some amendments, minor or major. And you can do that by either adding concepts or um, keywords or field tags or limits. And you can, you know, you can limit this by, by period or language and so on and so forth, right? So uh, in, in our specific example, um, we haven't talked about outcomes as a concept. So you could add a concept relating to outcome, and that could be like bleeding or collection or reoperation, and that could be done to narrow the search even further. From thirty-three, you might find that you just get two or three articles on the use of drain after centralic dissection in thyroid cancer surgery. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. So I'll summarize what we've discussed so far. So we talked very briefly about foreground and background questions, and we've done this in more detail in a previous talk. And, and then the, uh, these are the questions that you, uh, you will want to be, uh, you'll want to answer by doing a literature search. We talked about a number of search techniques, the basic searching, berry picking, pearl growing, citation searching, and concept building. We dwelled on concept building, and I very briefly um, and very quickly, I guess, ran through a concept building search using PubMed. We talked again quite briefly, but hopefully um, uh, you've heard of these terms before, or if not, you can go and read about them. Uh, it's useful, I think, to be familiar with what these terms mean, mesh, Boolean operators, quotes, parentheses, nesting, and field tags. And if you haven't done many searches before um, and you feel nervous about it, you'll get better really, really quickly with just a little practice. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Until next time, keep ramming your life with our surgical podcast.